Hello, and thank you so much for joining us once again. It's a COVID update. I am the Grey Knight, i.e. Jack, i.e. a man going through a goddamn mental break. And you are the kind enough people to uh, support and uh, listen to me do it. Ooh, I'm looking at my voice waves uh, today as they're being recorded before I click out of that. Uh, and they're looking real symmetrical and real good. That's always a great sign. That's going to be a good episode and that I'm in better health, which is fantastic because, uh, unfortunately, uh, for you guys, uh, this is not a great update. I, I thought about beginning it with a little bit of like a, a joke, but I realized I can't. I just don't have it in me. Um, hello. Last update was vindicating for me and I got to do a victory hobble. Um, but this update, unfortunately, is going to be pretty dark. This update, as opposed to saying, well, I knew I was right. I um, I just couldn't prove it. And, and look at the breakdown of our system in this very clear way with the CDC and the WHO. And that, 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 that got very relevant this week with the WHO still pushing masks and the CDC backing off with local health officials pushing masks. And lots of doctors in America saying, well, maybe there shouldn't be a mask policy. Maybe people should just fucking wear a mask. Uh, so there's a lot of confusion out there, and as a layman, that I again, I don't particularly enjoy it, but yes, I feel vindication. Is that small of me? Is that petty? I think so. If, you, if you're kind enough to give me a pass on it, thank you. I don't think that that's the best side of me, where I'm like, well, I tell you that the system's broken, and then the system just shows you how fractured it is, that it just comes comes at you like a kaleido kaleidoscope. You know, that's, uh, that's, it is, it's vindicating. It's I've gotten a lot of pushback for this. I've gotten a lot of hate mail, and I've gotten a lot of, you know, frustrated comments over the last 18 months for this. And, you know, <laughs> a lot of people are just so done with it. Not me in particular, but just it. Just COVID, reading about it, thinking about it, wondering about it, and it just has to be over for them. And for you especially, I'm just saying, maybe opt out of this episode because this is looking forward. Without trying to predict the way that newspapers do, that media asks experts to do, uh, it's, 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 I'm going to look forward, and I'm going to use seismology as the analogy here. And that is to say, I'm not trying to say on July 17th there's going to be an earthquake, and it's going to be 8.2 magnitude, and it's going to kill between 100 and 1,000 people on the West Coast, right? Look at how look at how specific that is. But I am going to try and say, as somebody, like maybe a, as a volcanologist or maybe that expert that's been brought on, I'm an earthquake guy in some way. Uh, I, I actually, I'm afraid, I, I, I should have looked this up. I'm afraid I actually don't know what degree expert you, you'd call in for an earthquake prediction. But as, as that degree holder, whoops, uh, if I were invited on, I'd be going, listen, I don't know what else to say besides San Andreas is a fault line. It's a big, bad fault line. And eventually there's going to be a huge earthquake. And if the person on the media is like, how do you know? What day? Come on. There wasn't one yesterday. I, I read that the earthquakes the last couple of years have all been smaller. Maybe they're all going to get smaller from here. As the earthquake guy, 
Like it's very tempting to be like, no, oh, goddamn you. I get it, and uh, and try and get specific, but you know, the, the experts that they <laughs> that are good enough to try and wrestle with the <laughs> malignant arrogance that is the American news net uh, <laughs> news networks. Uh, well, you just got to keep repeating the basic facts. The earthquake will hit. San Andreas is a fault line, and if it's big enough, when it's big enough, it's gonna it's gonna cause a human death toll. It's gonna cause massive destruction. It's gonna cause uh, hiccups in infrastructure and supply lines. No matter what anybody else says, you gotta you just gotta keep hitting at it. You gotta keep pushing for policy that goes better. I am actually think I'm gonna be able to chill out for a little bit. Uh, for the next six months or so, I legitimately do. I think I'm going to be able to like relax and say, well, okay. Uh, I've been doing I've been doing pretty good with it with with reading the information and not being dismayed by it. Um, but I just need to make clear that I was dismayed this last week since the last update and everything that I've read. And I need to make it clear that. The reason why I think I'm going to be able to chill out for the second half of this year is because it's baked into the cake that it's going to get a lot worse everywhere. And this is just me saying I don't know when and I don't know where, but every sign points to this is going to get a lot worse everywhere all the time. That's, that's where we're at. And uh, I'm going to give you the, the information that says this is why we're on a big bad fault line and why our buildings are not up to code to complete the analogy. No more earthquake analogies. On to information. Uh, well, there is one more analogy, and that is Planet America, because Planet America really does think it's special, and it really does think it's unique, and it does think that all the other countries in the universe called Earth are made up of different species. And they may look human, and we can maybe possibly mate with them. Nobody's sure. Uh, Americans are determined by if you're born on this soil, the soil of this planet. So we're not really positive. No one really goes outside of planet America and comes back the same, unless you're a conservative on a, on a victory tour for some reason. But besides that, nobody really comes back. Um, and so planet Americans think that their biology is just superior to all the other species of the universe Earth. It's very funny, of course, because if you're outside planet America and you look in, you go, well, I'm not seeing a lot of superiority in this spectacle. I'm with you, and I don't mean to degrade anybody. A lot of people are very sensitive about their their weights and their condition right now, and I'm not trying to pile on. I have been bullied on that front. I'm not in any way looking to pay that forward um, or back or any direction. I, I simply agree with the assessment that perhaps we are not the peak apex predators that we make ourselves out to be so frequently in presentation and media and representation and all the rest. And that certainly the last 18 months have not helped. Uh, okay, so with, with all that said, uh, 
Um, this is not, we're at 18 months uh, into this, so this is now me looking ahead. That's just a fucking coincidence. This is me saying America has its head up its ass. And things are going to get way fucking worse everywhere all the time. I'm working on uh, a COVID special, but it's a bit slow because it requires a ton of research uh, about the price of nothing. And I want that to be ready for this uh, episode, but it just isn't. Uh, And it's just the cost of nothing should that nothing be inside of a shipping container. And how much nothing has cost from 2000 till 2019, and what nothing costs now, and why the difference is COVID. Uh, Now, that's just kind of like a little teaser of what's to come, but that got put aside because the news this week is dreadful. So, to look forward on what's going to happen on Planet America and the countries with the best infrastructure in the world, medically speaking, I have selected three countries in particular to look at. These are three countries that are currently experiencing a fairly significant, both relative to the last hundred days as of this recording, but also per population outbreaks with good, solid infrastructure. These three countries are the UK, particularly Scotland, Israel, and Portugal. These three countries in the last week, really in the last week or two, have just started getting hammered with new waves of infections. They have returned to normal life in large ways, they have removed restrictions in large ways, and now they're getting beat. The reason why that's a possible explanation or a possible glimpse into our future is because their infrastructure is so good, because they've already gotten big, big, big waves relative to their population, and because they have that infrastructure. Maybe this is what the future of Planet America looks like when it gets its next big outbreak, whenever that is, whenever the next big earthquake comes. But there's three other countries that you want to watch that aren't experiencing an outbreak right now if you want to look forward to the best case scenario as well, because I want to try and be open to that. And these three countries are Italy, France, and Germany. These are three countries that just reduced their... uh, that just reduced their masks uh, mandates, that just reduced uh, restrictions in large ways in their policies, both domestically and internationally to, to large degrees, and they're not currently experiencing an outbreak. And yet Delta is absolutely making its way through these countries, through genetic sequencing. Ironically, the less positive tests you have, the more accurate genetic sequencing you can get because then your genetic sequencing system and scheme as a country isn't overwhelmed. So you can actually see pretty crystal clearly when you have as big of a country as Germany and as few as positive tests as they're getting what strain is going on. And the answer is Delta is ripping through the small amount of people that's infecting for right now in Germany. 
Can't believe I ever thought hundreds of Germans a day would be small, but here we are. Time makes a fool of us all, eh? So Italy, France, and Germany uh, are going to be great countries to look at because these are pretty much primed for everything that uh, American media and headline puts into the... Uh, puts into the headlines all the time all the good news about well if you're vaccinated you're, you're you're definitely fine and if you've gotten it before you're definitely fine and if if other people are wearing a mask around if you saw one guy wearing a mask last week you're definitely fine all of these things mean you're fine go back to work back to work consume 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 you don't want to miss out do you don't want to miss out on the next lumber bubble Well, <laughs> unfortunately, when we look at these next three countries, uh, or look at these last three countries, Italy, France, and Germany, we are going to see what Delta can do in societies that are more vaccinated, because these countries are about to surpass the U.S. or have already in, in total vaccination rates. America stalled at less than half um, as a total population. And these countries are going to and have already surpassed it. The U.K., for instance, already has greatly surpassed that. I think they're at 56 total uh, of their population fully. And, you know, and then they have incredible metrics like 87% have gotten their first shot. Oi, oi, oi. But that's the best possible throw that I can give you is to these, is to these pairs of countries. UK, particularly Scotland, Israel, and Portugal for the worst case of what's going to happen to the U.S., Italy, France, and Germany. There's all these really stupid myths like the U.K. is seven weeks ahead of the U.S. Oh, fuck yourself. It's, they don't have gamma over there. It's a bad analogy. The U.K. has one major airport in which people go through. It's not fair to – the U.S. has a lot of very specific and unique problems – as a big, diverse, spread out, travel hungry people. <laughs> travel hungry for multiple reasons, economic uh, being foremost among them. We have a very different system than what's going on in the rest of the world. And as somebody who, Mia Kolbud, last, even during the I Told You So show, I said, here's why I was wrong and how I was wrong and how I got it wrong with the Epsilon variant and why I didn't see Delta coming and how Delta really is rocking my world. The problem with my Epsilon prediction and how it's humiliated and, and hum uh, humbled me is that when we're looking at Delta now, Delta didn't sneak up on anybody and neither have the Scottish numbers. We're going to dig into Scotland just a little bit here. Because this is, again, why I think it's baked into the cake that we're fucking done for the rest of this year. This is going to be real, 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 real bad for the human species going forward. 
Scotland. Scotland just went to something called Euro 2020. Euro 2020? But Jack, it's 2021. Trust me, I'm going to fold this into something by the end of this goddamn fucking episode. So, Euro 2020. Big soccer match, and people went from Denmark. They went from Scotland. They went from Portugal. They went from Spain. They went back home. And guess fucking what? Because the UK has still the greatest uh, genomic surveillance system in the world for COVID and other coronaviruses, they are seeing, oh, fuck, yes, of course, a giant outbreak. Scotland's previous high was about 3,100 per day, right about. That's as high as they got, and they locked everything down. Scotland, as of this recording, is just under 4,000 a day, right after Euro. The Euro 2020 uh, being blamed on 2,000 different hits. 2,000 different hits in Scotland alone, uh, positive for coronavirus. Likely all Delta. Delta likely just going to peripherate around the goddamn Scottish society. It gets worse <laughs> because Scotland is out of money. Scotland is out of time. The running, their, their coalition is just, the ruling coalition is just no longer in a position to keep putting up mandates, it looks like. Nicola Sturgeon has my respect, and as far as I'm concerned, she's basically the Scottish Abraham Lincoln. She came in to rule... And then a bunch of crazy fucking shit happened that she had to respond to, and that's what's going to define her legacy. Uh, you know, Brexit, COVID, uh, <laughs> her countrymen, even <laughs> even the more moderate ones like, we have to leave, we have to leave, we have to leave, independent Scotland. Uh, and uh, you have to react to all of those things if you're the leader of fucking Scotland, so there you go. Uh <laughs> Uh, Sturgeon has made it clear that uh, she has seen this outbreak happening. She's seen the buildup for the last two months. And it is simply her opinion that masks are coming off, everything's opening up, and by August 9th, the whole goddamn of Scotland is going to be open. Free. Can the numbers change that? Can hospitalizations and infections, if, if they hit double their infection number, 6,000, will that cause a pause? I don't think so. 9,000? I don't think so. Three times their previous high? No. Hospitalizations? Maybe. I mean, eventually, yes. Eventually, hospitalizations force every society we've discovered, no matter what they are, to shut down. At a certain point, when there's just sick people lying around hospitals, society actually has to shut down. But besides that, is anything going to stop Scotland? I don't know. The numbers are coming in now. The spread is here, and the variant is understood to be the cause. Let's watch Scotland, and let's wonder, is that happening right now throughout rich nations? Is that happening on planet America, or merely all the other nations of Earth? the distant galaxy far away from our borders. Israel has gone back to using masks less than two weeks after they stopped. They have resumed asking for masks for children, and they've resumed asking for masks uh, for uh, indoors 
they are considering bringing back their vaccination green pass scheme where only certain people who can prove that they've been vaccinated are allowed into certain spots. Portugal has gone back on lockdown effectively because their capital region is such a significant portion of their population and their capital region is going on sporadic weekend lockdowns. Uh, it's it's making curfews and, and local policy to stop spread. Delta is swimming through Portugal. It's doing the same through the U.S. There are outbreaks here and there. Our testing schemes are ridiculous. And what more, doctors in America are starting to become very concerned. One thing about Delta... It is behaving a lot more like the cold in one way, not in a your conservative friend can go way. It is showing less uh, prominent COVID symptoms and more prominent cold-like symptoms. Now, it's still racking people down once it uh, afflicts them, but the precursor before people get whacked real bad is now a cold-like series of symptoms. And of course, some people, most people who get COVID, really don't get knocked down by it that bad. So if somebody has cold-like symptoms and are getting COVID, especially for the first time, this layman guesses, this layman really, really is supposing and working under the thesis that every time you get COVID, it's way fucking worse for you. You may not get way sicker every time, but boy, you are moving the needle much, much closer towards, I'm going to lose a limb in the hospital every time you get sicker with COVID. Really and truly. Told you. Dark fucking show, and it's going to get way worse. <sighs> American doctors in COVID hotspots are now starting to wonder how many people, especially youth, are being misdiagnosed with colds, not being tested for COVID at all because they are experiencing COVID-like or cold-like symptoms from Delta or Delta Plus. Who fucking knows? Um, and instead, actually spreading COVID actively. What I'm going to say next is really fucking disturbing. Uh... I guess I, I absolutely need to pull this one up. I'm kind of, I'm freeballing a little bit because it's a little hard to pull these things, but I don't want to misquote a single thing I'm about to say. So, <clears throat> the Brazilian Health Ministry says 1,122 children under the age of 10 have died of COVID-19 since the pandemic started. The Brazilian government records the number of people who died from the severe acute respiratory diseases, such as severe cases of the flu and others. However, researchers from global health organizations Vital Strategies, which works in more than 70 countries around the world, says its studies suggest the case numbers have been severely underreported. When comparing the number of Brazilian child deaths from such illnesses in 2018 and 2019 with the number of deaths since the beginning of the pandemic, Vital Strategies found that an excess of 2,975 deaths. The organization says it's likely that the vast majority of these excess deaths, not just the official number of 1,122, were because of COVID-19. What we see in Brazil is that the number of kids dying with COVID specified as the cause of death is higher than what we are seeing in other countries of the world. It's 10 times higher. Dr. Ana Lucia, uh, I apologize, Berenbach, 
an epidemiologist at Vital Strategies, told CNN. In the United States, the only country in the world with a higher overall official death toll than Brazil, far fewer children have died from COVID-19, 382 Americans under the age of 18, according to CDC data. Berenbach adds that the coronavirus variant known as Gamma, or P1, which was first identified in Brazil, may not be entirely to blame. Kids have been dying more in Brazil since the original variant was here, so it's not the addition of the P1 variant that made the kids die more here than other countries. So we're saying that it's 3,000 kids in Brazil so far, um, and there's at least some reason to assume that it's not because of their special variant. Just want to toss that aside. There are only so many answers for what's happening in Brazil and why. But because this particular stat has followed from the beginning, and because death keeps lagging, and because people keep catching up, and because diagnoses keep being downplayed, this layman suggests to you that there really is only one answer for the mystery of Brazilian child COVID deaths. Why Brazil? Why Brazil? There's only one answer. And the answer is that it's not Brazil. Why Brazil? Because somebody's looking. How many American deaths are there of COVID? Well, the official number is 600,000, but it is between 900,000 and a million excess deaths. <laughs> and the same headlines will tout that, oh, suicide's down. No, oh, car deaths are down. Wonder what's killing all these people. Uh, it's shark attacks. I know, it's very surprising. It's You saw all the pictures of the animals returning when humans disappeared. Uh, unfortunately, that meant sharks have really started to proliferate. Shark attacks, especially in like the Dayton, Ohio area, are now the number one cause of deaths. Don't look it up. It's true, though. A little joke, because there's child death going on right now. My answer to you is, quite, is pretty humble. Um... What's happening in Brazil is happening and will happen throughout the world. Brazil's situation after 150 days of being sussumed by the virus nationally, it started off in January of 2021, a real big wave, but it started off effectively in Plan America's Dakotas, real sparse populated, real distant region. Nobody really from America goes there or has been there. And then it spread all over. And by the end of January 2021, it was everywhere. Everywhere in Brazil, starting to make its way everywhere in South America. This particular wave hasn't ended. And the amount of death and destruction that it's causing in under-18s is pretty significant, but all over their stratas of society. I worry because Brazil was still better prepared than so many countries around the world. 
and has so many more resources to prepare and explain and make things work than, than so many societies in the world. And still, they are effectively as bad as they've been at any point in the last five months. It's, you know, it's, it dips and it swoons and then it rises. But more or less, once they hit this January wave, they never stopped. Chile got way, way worse in March and is now looking like it's getting better, but they're still effectively at every single day for for 100 days now higher than they ever were in 2020 after so much vaccination and a fair bit of restriction of policy that I guess is not being followed at all. So these are long-term countries that Daddy has been using to measure and when I'm looking at these countries and the incredible effort that they went through just to get back to things now, well, they're telling us that gamma, P1, the Brazilian strain, is really not as transmissible as delta. There are estimations that it is, but they keep saying, panel after panel of experts keep saying, no, nah, it's delta, it's delta, delta, delta. Okay, okay. So what's going to happen when Delta fucking takes over? And the answer is worse than Brazil. Worse than Brazil in most other countries of the world when it gets as bad as Brazil. And that's pretty fucking bad already. So now that we have our model of transmission... And now that we understand through the Euro 2020 being delayed a year later, and now that we understand kids really are fucking dying of this, societies that are vaccinated, more vaccinated than America, who have beaten this or revoking policy, now that we have all that listed out as our basic facts, let's talk about Olympics 2020 happening in 2021, because nothing's going to stop this freight train. They're happening at the end of the month. And that's that. People have decided that the virus is over, past tense. And so it is, and so it begins. This is the beginning of COVID, I uh, will argue to you. July 4th on Planet America, uh, with a nice little chaser of the Olympics and the cruise ships coming back. This is the beginning of COVID. I understand that that sounds like a really big, bold statement, but really, this is a global epidemic, and on a global front, it's getting worse. And the Olympics, July 4th, this month of July, Daddy's pretty much saying is the tee-off. This was the montage in these last 18 months before the movie begins. <laughs> uh, because there really is no reason to look at Brazil and its numbers as special. The reason why they're discovered is the exact same reason why losers like me realized this thing was airborne so early on. It's because we looked. We looked. You can't find it unless you look. Sometimes I legitimately lament my openness during the age of COVID. Because my openness doesn't ever shut down, and my openness repeatedly tells me a new doomsday scenario with COVID. 
I, I would ask you humbly what that feels like to know that no matter what you do, no matter what media you consume, or even if you don't consume any for a day or two, even if you just relax and play video games or hang out with somebody, even if you take your mind fully off of it, that some part in the back of your brain is just throwing another tumbler on, oh yeah, remember that thing you read about fucking Venezuela seven years ago? That thing about the oil? That thing about the oil market on an international scale? You know what COVID's doing to that. What if COVID gets worse? <laughs> Remember that article? <laughs> so I legitimately think I'm going to be able to take it easy and relax watching these super spreading, mega spreading events occur. I understand that there's no way to go back to March 2020, and I understand that there's no way to put the genie back in the bottle and that people are done, so I'm not going to lecture and I'm not going to point fingers. I legitimately, like, I can't scream stay off the beach anymore. Not right now. I just don't have it in me. I feel too good about myself. I feel too good about my life. I feel too good when I don't try and fight you all like that. So I'm not going to try and fight you. I am, however, going to say that if <laughs> fans cheering at a stadium with reduced capacity, as what happened with the Euro game and the Scottish fans, Wimpleton and other future Euro games uh, in the next week are uh, slated to have the full stadium three to four times as many people crammed in. So you can only imagine what the viral spread is going to be like. This is why we're going to be watching the UK throughout the July, uh, throughout July, and why the Tokyo Olympics are going to be something fucking else. For those of you unaware, there is something called the Olympic Village. It is where the world sends its athletes that are going to compete. They sit in a little village. It usually has a bunch of beer and condoms in it, and every single Olympics that comes by besides possibly this one, there's always people discovering for the first time that really attractive people love to have sex with really attractive people. Go figure. Uh, and the condom machines always get, like, <laughs> have to get restocked, and the number of condoms is uh, is always touted, and people discover this story. Every time for the first four years, it's just one of those, it's a perennial newsreader, it's always fun. It's like, oh, good, it's Olympic condom story season again. I'll read the comment section today. Don't normally read them, but I'll be reading them today, because people really can't handle that attractive people like having sex with other attractive people, and that skin tone and like body size and none of that fucking really matters at goddamn all. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird that the elites, that the super elites feel that way? Let's not think about it too much. Get back to your nationalistic identities, please. <laughs> People love fucking, you know? <laughs> it's why fetishists have such a hard time in this world it's like why do you need to fetish about it can't you just fuck god damn dude <laughs> trust me as as a maligned fetishist i understand 
<sighs> so the Olympic Village is going to be really interesting. Professional athletes uh, in, in North America and Europe are getting taken down by COVID, even if they've been vaccinated pretty well. Um, you know, they're not getting hospitalized, but at least in a couple of leaked stories, uh, they didn't get hospitalized because uh, people sent, you know, teams and IVs and shit to the sports stars' rooms after outbreaks uh, and what have you. Now, unfortunately, I that's that's innuendo, but I absolutely 100% believe it, because why would you make the story up if you're a fucking member of the team, if you're working behind the scenes? Uh, does you no good. It's not even a good story. Uh, it's a kind of a boring story, because unfortunately no one's convinced, except for daddy, that like putting an IV in an athlete's arm after they've been vaccinated against COVID is a sign that, oh shit! Oh fuck! People gonna get fucked! Um, and, uh, that's, that's pretty much where we're at with the Olympics. It's, it's going to be this great registrar of of variants coming in from around the world. It's going to be a super spreader event. And doctor, you have to say her name is a do you have to say doctor. You have to say doctor. You're a misogynist and you hate Democrats. You have to say doctor. She has a she has an honorary degree in hallucinations of educational literature. Dr. Jill Biden is going to be going uh, to the Olympics as a spectator, because Planned America really says fuck you all. Because Planned America, no matter who's leading it, says fuck you, peasants. We do what we want. <laughs> and so we're going to have our July 4th, we're going to parade around the White House maskless, and we're going to send our doctor emissary to the Olympics as a super spreader event, and, uh, you know, make other countries feel like they have to keep up with the Joneses. This is a, a very curious event for me, if this gets cancelled or not, if they go ahead with it, depending on the outbreak. Uh, I'm just going to say, straight up, Tokyo uh, and uh, Japan, the government of Japan, have done everything they could to not register positive COVID uh, cases from the beginning. This is not a conspiracy. This is very, very open. Uh, there's plenty of Japanese people who will very, very dispassionately, very plainly say to you that it's damn near impossible to get a goddamn test in Japan, especially Tokyo. Uh, and that was before the full-on, full-throated commitment that the Olympics were happening uh, occurred, so you can only imagine uh, how that has been kiboshed even further. You know, like what I did there with the kibosh? <sighs> the thing is... I don't even know if kibosh is a Japanese word. Fuck me. The thing is about the, the Olympics and, and sending Jill Biden uh, over there and the wrong message is we are going to, in Planned America, get slammed. Delta is going to take over this country. Genetically speaking, in the last six weeks, it didn't exist. In the last six, six weeks ago, 50 days ago, it didn't exist. That's seven weeks. It didn't exist in America. It's just not here. And now it's approximately one-third of our cases at the end of June. The testing hasn't caught up to that, but it's around 33%. I promise you. <laughs> and it is going 
to jump through America. Is this going to be like Christmas, where it happens pretty much immediately after, within two weeks after Christmas? Bam! Here comes the wave. Or is this going to be a, a kind of a seeding event so that when the dog days in August are over, then, then it really, uh, then it really, really comes into focus. A giant wave. I don't know. One of the two seems very likely, though. Seems likely that it starts right up because... Seasonality is not that big of a deal with this thing if it keeps hitting all-time highs in summers and winters no matter what in country after country. I believe that things are about to get fucking awful. I can't prove to you, because to prove it would require up-to-date statistics, and would require governments to give a shit, and would require uh, an incredible international and humanitarian effort. So I can't demonstrate it to you, but I will put it to you that on a global level, more Americans died in the last four, or sorry, I apologize, more, on a global level, more people died in the last four months than the last 14 combined. Last four months, last 120 days, more people died of COVID than the previous 14 months combined. And I will put it to you that all information that this layman has tells me that more will die in the next six than the previous 18. That through sheer numbers of infection, big, big waves that will almost certainly reassume India before the end of the year. Clearly, China's going to have an outbreak. I don't know in the next six months, but they keep shutting down. At this point, 30 to 50 million size, uh, 30, million, 30 to 50 million population areas of their country. Vital, vital, vital infrastructure for the entire country and world. Vital as the Suez Canal. Uh, shutting down for days on end because of this outbreak and how scared they are, rightfully, of Delta. And how Delta is going to slam goddamn through their Sinovac-infused, Sinovac and Sinopharm-infused veins. No doubt. We've watched it happen. There are a number of countries that have previously done all right to pretty good to, well, they, they didn't have a lot of deaths, at least on record, so what are you going to say, that are now getting just slammed. Southeast Asia, Central America, most of South America, most of Africa is on an incredible rise, not quite slammed yet, and the Delta uh, variant is 100% making its way through Europe right now, even though Europe is opening up and is showing low numbers. I said humbly, or perhaps not so humbly, because I said it in real time and I don't know what my voice sounds like when I say things, when I evoke, the game has changed. I'm looking at Southeast Asia and I'm saying the game has changed. 
I'm seeing too many Wuhans. I'm seeing too many unexplained massive spikes. I'm seeing too many countries do things that they've never done before, ever, not just with COVID, ever in a health emergency, even SARS, anything at all. And there's only one explanation. It's actually getting really bad there. As a layman, you don't need... As a person who reads, <laughs> as a person who never stopped, as a person who just kept having conversations and never stopped learning, loser that I am. Because I assure you, you only tout it as my fellow human beings that you like it. You actually hate the behavior. <laughs> I assure you, as the one who's been chastised for it his entire life, it is not enjoyed, acquisitive nature. It is something that people pretend to fuel and then shift away from them as soon as they can. As someone who understands the rudiments of Thai fucking, of the Thai monarchy and what their tourism industry means, no Wayne's an expert, but he knows damn well what it means when the Thai government has to crack down, when the military's stopping protesters and, and passing out vaccines to their beach havens, how big of, of trouble their society is in. I put it to you as a mystery. Why does daddy care about Tunis? Why does he care about Tunisia? Why does he care what's happening on the streets of Tunis? And I'll tell you, f frankly now, in case you were actually curious, Tunis is a fantastic bellwether as far as I'm concerned. As far as the Grey Knight is concerned, Tunis is an absolutely fantastic indicator of where young Muslim men in particular, but young Muslims in general, are going to be in the next five to ten years. Tunis constantly shows a slightly ahead of the curve for that population uh, uh, activities, uh, uh, attributes, uh, and attitudes as well. They will more openly drink alcohol uh, in, in public. Uh, they will more uh, openly say that they are not religious. Uh, to to uh, anyone who asks or a survey taker, etc., etc., etc. They're ahead of the curve. When they say these things, it's not isolated either. They What they report in surveys, by and large, in the Arab and Muslim world, the Middle East, uh, gets reported out uh, five to ten years later. This is just helpful to daddy as he tries to make his way through existence and shuffle into the grave this kind of information are muslims really evil bloodthirsty creatures or do they like beer and hash and do they mostly want to chill out because one's a story you get told pretty frequently and one seems to be much more the actual fact at least for 99.999 percent of them uh Funnily enough, um, these are things that I had to teach myself cynically against the system all my way through this world. And when you learn to take the information, when you learn, really learn, when you really accept that if you're reading a business paper, you are reading as propagandized 
has propagandized a piece of information as anything that you ever could have gotten in the Soviet Union, just in a different way, just for different outcomes, usually. You learn to cipher. You learn to take what the actual information is from the free information, quote-unquote, that you're being given. You learn to look at what really counts. And I saw too many things happening a couple of months back that said, this is getting worse, I just can't tell you why. This is getting worse, but I can't tell you why. And Delta is clearly the why. Or, unfortunately, a worse answer, there's a worse variant than Delta in some of these regions and we just don't know it yet. Because Delta was around for a long time before it fucking took off, before it finally could eat enough turf away from the others that it could really explode. It was in India for five months before it really hit the gas. And we saw the massive, massive wave. But then once it did, it's, it's now spreading around and around and around. It's now really going. And it's clearly the best explanation we have for why it's basically the entire world is inflamed. If we were testing accurately, if we had a global actual testing scheme, regimen, you would be watching the numbers jump up in real time. But unfortunately, the Olympics is the perfect indicator, and Scotland's attitude of we're opening up and that's that, of why I'm in despair, why I drank last night, why this is not as well-cited and well-rehearsed as the last couple ones. Um... Drink without yelling at anybody. Drink without any problems. Hooray. Progress. Um, but I'm guess, I guess I'm waiting for the kid gloves to come off. Vaccines alone are not going to stop this. Vaccines went from less than six months ago, kids. Six months ago. The glorious promise of vaccines. Can you believe we're going to get vaccines, 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 vaccines? The glorious promise went from if you get one, you'll never. If you get both, you'll never. If you get both and then wait 35 days, you'll never. If you get both and wait 35 days, then there's only a 97% or there's only a 3% chance, only a 6% chance, only a 13% chance of getting sick. Okay, well, actually, the chance of getting sick is actually probably pretty high. We don't want to count that anymore. You're chance of getting uh, seriously sick uh, so that you have to stay home is zero, though. And it's, okay, well, that has actually gone up quite a bit. So that's not what we focus on anymore. The important thing to say is, if you get two shots of this one particular kind of vaccine, maybe these two different kinds, all the other ones are for stupid, ugly people. <laughs> we, we sold them our bad vaccines and we took the good ones. <laughs> Planet America rules. Uh, if you get two shots of the good one, <laughs> then uh, you're definitely never going to fucking die. And there's no transmission between anybody. Okay, well, you'll still transmit it to everybody, but you definitely won't fucking die. Okay, listen, there's a 1% chance if you get COVID, then you'll die. 
3%. It's only a 4% chance of you dying. Guys, it's only a 6% chance of you dying. If you get both shots of an mRNA, wait 35 days. That's six months. Do you hear me? From six months, we went from the shot is perfect. One shot will protect you. You will not get sick to both shots of mRNA plus 35 days equals 94% chance of not fucking dying. Some of the worst news that is coming out of America right now is not being pushed at all. Wisconsin promoted something that they think was great news. The, the government of Wisconsin, the state government of Wisconsin, promise, promoted something recently that they legitimately thought was making a profoundly great case. And it was, quote, 95% of COVID-related deaths since March have been in the unvaccinated. I understand that 95%'s a big number. Yay! Big number! Now, here's the problem and why I continually think that the medical community is filled with goddamn man-children and morons. Let's just math it out there, shall we? Society that's saying that there's a 0% chance of dying to any variant of COVID? Especially when Delta wasn't here in the U.S. and Gamma hadn't spread around motherfucking Wisconsin yet. For one, a lot of people with one shot of the vaccine are dying and they're pretending that they're not with that number. So just, you know, think that through if you would be so kind. But the other thing is before the big bad variants that are now we're told can punch through uh, two shots of an mRNA vaccine at 5% plus of a rate, uh, shouldn't it have been zero? If everything you were saying about vaccines was true, Wisconsin, shouldn't have been 0% of COVID confirmed deaths uh, were vaccinated. Shouldn't we only just now, with the Delta variant, be seeing a punch-through rate of 1 in 20 fully vaccinated people getting sick with COVID and dying? And the answer is, of course, fucking not. It's always been bullshit numbers. It's always been bullshit numbers. Every number with every vaccine has only degraded at every single point, and at no point after the number was degraded did it ever rise up again. Take it for someone who has watched every... Single fucking press release from Pfizer and Moderna and Bioteen. Every single one. The number goes down. And like 1984, I hate making a reference to 1984. The dumbest people I know make references to 1984. But I have nothing else. I have no one else but Orwell. In all that I've read and all I've consumed, only Orwell makes sense. That every single fucking press release, the number, the numbers from the vaccine and the target is degraded. And it is said as a positive. You're getting less chocolate rations, aren't you happy? It's more. The chocolate rations are going from 10 to 8. Aren't you so happy that you're getting more chocolate? And that's exactly what they do with the goddamn vaccines. 
Listen, this vaccine that if you get one shot of is going to protect you from death, if you get two shots of 35 days later, is going to give you a 92% chance of not dying. Do you hear how good that is? Huh? Huh? I gravely resent all of you lovely people out there who basically said that the vaccines are perfect. Go get the vaccine. You don't have to worry about anything once you get the vaccine because that allowed the worst of planned America to come out. I, I humbly propose to you all of the people who think that talking about how vaccines are degrading, how they have degraded and how they will further degrade – stops people from taking a vaccine because if it's 100% why really would take it. How about your dumb ass considers this? I apologize for calling you dumb, hypothetical person. But really, how about you consider the opposite after 18 months of failing? After 18 months of trying it your way and failing, maybe perhaps we could consider telling people that there's this magical concept from 1915 called herd immunity and that there are these magical shots called uh, um, uh, <laughs> mRNA that if you put into someone's arms means everyone's fine, it stops all transmission. Maybe telling that to people as a goddamn fairy tale over and over again allowed incredibly selfish mindsets to manifest, allowed people to really think, well, if I got the shot, I did my part. How many people in America right now think, I got a vaccine so I cannot transmit the virus? How many people in America right now think, I got the vaccine so I can't get the virus? How many people in America think, I got the vaccine so the virus is over? Because the messaging was, the vaccine is so good, it's magic, it's powerful, you get it in your veins and you can fly, you can shoot lasers out of your dick. I did my part to say get the fucking vaccine, but I didn't say the second fucking parts. And I resent every last human fucking being who said the first part, and then as story after story, information after information came in about the second part came in, you turned a blind eye and you didn't spread that around. I resent you. I think you got us here, while you think I got us here. I resent you. I apologize that I, today, am not my best. I apologize that I, myself, am in a degraded condition than I have been in the last couple of updates. But we are now baked into the cake. I'm planning out my Mad Men rewatch and my menus. I've already got season three and four menus uh, planned out. Season three is the season where they go to Italy, so I'm going to do pasta for a week. Season four is where they introduce the character Ducky. I'll, I'll let you figure what the main protein source that week's going to be. I'm, I'm really planning on watching uh, Mad Men for seven weeks. Seven weeks! Later on this year, because I don't know when, but I know America is going to get slammed. America is going to get slammed by this. Do you hear me?
the rest of the world is as we speak. And unfortunately, I think many societies, and it's hard to tell which ones, how many, when, where, are going to enter a Brazilian cycle here. They're going to enter into it's we're going to enter endless covid more or less where societies don't stay at their all-time high or keep hitting all-time highs but within say 25% no that's too high no say 35% of all-time high a, a country just never really gets away from that they plateau somewhere right around there and then they dip right back up the the, the number doesn't need to be firm it does need to be relative to a country's all-time high with a testing regime hopefully staying fairly equal because it's not but hopefully statistically turning in fairly equal numbers testing regime will do better some periods and worse because it's policy and people suck but it's to me done when i when i read when I read Nicholas Sturgeon giving up, that to me said that this next phase is here. It's the, it's the phase of ennui. It's the phase of competition. Countries are now going to do everything they can to compete for dollars, for tourism, to present as healthy, and they will kill their own people to do so. They will make them invisible. We are all going to get the homeless in America treatment. All of us. We're all going to be treated as a statistical anomaly. And governments are going to say it's our fault. It's our fault. Because in America, if you're homeless, it's your fault. You did something. You're mentally ill. You're sick. You're wrong. You're disgusting. You did it. You are unhelpable. I know. I was there. I know exactly what Planned America thinks of the homeless. I have lived that existence. And that's what's going to be everyone's existence. You're going to catch COVID and the government's going to say your fault. The courts are going to say can't sue. And people like me are going to shrug because our, our empathy was spent days ago, hundreds and hundreds of days ago. Because what do you want from us, people like me who have been screaming about this from the beginning? So there's no screaming in me and there's no anger and there's no resentment. Or at least there's not a lot of these things. Not, not, not compared to what I felt and expressed previously on this fucking podcast, eh? This is just acceptance. It's miserable fucking acceptance. The gym is going to be a scary place for me for the rest of uh, my fucking life. I'm going to mask up. I don't like it. In the gym. For the rest of my fucking life. Probably. Probably. This thing...
this thing is just kicking off. And because I know I can't make good predictions after Epsilon about when and where it'll explode or when it'll decrease, I'm just along for the ride for a while. But I need to get it out that it was seen and that I saw it. I've said it before and I've said it again. This is a very selfish period of my life, even more so than others. And that I am doing this ultimately with one goal. It's not to inform you or help you. It's so that at the end of this, if this ends, I can get to sleep at night. I still can now. Even with talking about what's about to happen, I still can, even when I don't booze myself into it. I still can get to sleep now. And I still know that I did the right thing. And that I tried to save little babies. Because that's something you care about, right? Daddy doesn't in particular, truth be told. Human life is human life. Children are potential. I'm sure if there was a screaming baby in a fire, in a building being consumed by a fire, that I would pick it up and save it over somebody else. If I had to make that weird Sophie's choice. But honestly, Daddy doesn't really give a shit. Human life is human life to me. Skin tone, religion, where you're fucking from, age. It's real sucky when somebody doesn't respect the human being inside that body. I thought that's what we all were. It's sad, but I don't particularly find it sadder. I know. I know. Always. There's a real-life confession. School shootings occasionally get me, but, you know... The Las Vegas shooting got me way more. The sheer number, the sheer goddamn what kind of psychopathy is this <laughs> of it? <laughs> that that one floored me. But you all claim to care about the children. So why don't you spread the message that Daddy tried to save babies? All throughout the world, little kids, little zero through ten-year-old tots. Dad wanted to. Dad wanted to stop them not just from getting sick. He wanted to save their lives. He wanted to preserve their brains. He wanted to preserve their societies and their educations. He wanted to give them belief in systems. He can't believe that 18 months into this, that the systems are about to start failing them even harder than they have. And I quite frankly can't hear a conversation these days about people caring about the future and kids, because you don't, unless you care about COVID. It's the same thing I said about the drastic and horrible. Like I said, what a dark conversation this was. Sex trafficking and how it's on the rise, child brides and how they're on the rise. Where we can measure such things, we're just seeing significant upticks all throughout the globe. You can't say how horrible it is to me unless you're against the things that are making the horrible happen. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, yeah, 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 you are horrible. No, not me. I said it's horrible. No, I said you're horrible. I'm not doing this. Yes, you are. Thanks for killing all those fucking kids in Palestine, too. 
I know I'm great at parties. I actually am when I can put it away. People love me. <sighs> Tracy Morgan from uh, <laughs> uh, Tracy Morgan from Thirty Rock. Tracy, those people were very, very impressed by you. Damn right, I'm a delight and informed. <laughs> Give me just, just a little bit more of that Tracy Morgan. Not too much. Not too much. Just give me a little of that Tracy Morgan. Oh. It's fun to laugh after talking about the apocalypse. So, really, that's my view of things and why I've got to let go. Um, and I do, and I and I am. This is, uh, I will continue to do updates, I'll continue to watch, because baby, what else is there to do? But, as far as I'm concerned, and I would just love, just love to be proven wrong, we have it, so just, again, to recap... If you want to know what's going to happen to rich countries and uh, countries with good infrastructure, possibly the best indicators for Planet America, the two most likely outcomes are UK, Israel, and Portugal for the kind of already having an outbreak, which kind of looks like it's happening in Planet America right now, but it's a little confusing. I admit the data is rather muddled on if it is or isn't. And three countries that aren't experiencing an outbreak and have incredibly low numbers, Italy, France, and Germany. The Delta variant is rapidly making a way around these societies. What will happen on the other side of when they do? Well, that has a lot of implications for planned America for the rest of the globe. I, uh... I feel at peace after getting all of that off of my chest. I feel better, tell you the truth. It is hard to hold in sometimes. There is a lot worse news than that, but that is the big broad <laughs> broadside of it all. Uh, why systematically we're we're going through things. Um, Worse yet, nursing homes are experiencing multiple outbreaks so far this year, all COVID, obviously. Uh, we've got variants that are punching through vaccines. They're not making their way around the country yet in Planet America, but we are watching variants that aren't Delta, uh, you know, get through in one nursing home up to 10 individual vaccinated members. So... What does that mean, and why am I talking about that so casually? Because it doesn't fucking matter when or where it happened. Happened this week, happened in America. But it doesn't matter. The reason why Daddy has given up is because the next variant that's going to be worse than Delta, and it will come, isn't going to be seen. The question in our media, with our scientists, in the public mind all around the world is, well, how bad is Delta going to be? And not, well, how bad is the thing after Delta going to be? And is it already here? We just don't know it. How are we going to stop the thing that's worse than Delta? And that, because that question's not being asked, it can't be done. 
and I don't have a lot of faith in our species in the next six months to get to, well, how do we stop the variant that's going to be worse after the one that comes after Delta? Because we could actually probably head that one off. Even if we enter a, a global situation where lots of countries are like Brazil and there's still flare-ups happening, still, if we ask the question, the sooner we ask the question, the sooner we can get a handle on stopping the next variant. But we're not going to. Again, if it's not already here, Delta was first sequenced in October of 2020. So there's a real chance that it's here and that opening everything up is going to make it spread. And it's going to have a real hard time doing so because Delta is so virulent. So it'll spread real sneakily. Just like Delta did until it didn't. <laughs> These seem to be the most likely outcomes of where we're going. Yes, it's possible Delta's the worst variant, and yes, it's possible that vaccines beat it back from here, but looking at it, given that every other vaccine promise has fallen through dramatically, and that we're basically just down to, well, you probably won't fucking die, instead of the actual ad campaign that it needed to be from the beginning, hey, in every scenario, no matter what you want, in every outcome, a vaccine helps. Really. It could have been that simple from the beginning. Instead of all these goddamn pixie dust promises, it could have just been that simple. What do you care about? Reopening society? Hugging your mom? Getting back out there on the dance floor? No matter what, vaccines for you and your neighbors helps you get there. That's it. But we are going to march self-righteously in the I DID MY PART! Every American is Rosie the Riveter because they got something injected in their fucking arms, except only half of Americans fucking did. So... What's gonna fucking happen next, kids? Y'all are real ready. Real ready to jump up and down. Real ready to say when something is not accurate or when a prediction doesn't come true. So, trust me, I, I'm a little gun-shy, especially after Epsilon, and especially after losing my mind over Epsilon. But I don't see any other outcome. I don't see any other outcome. These are not even the nightmare scenarios. It just gets worse is the problem. It just gets worse. So I humbly put it to you. Somewhere between 10 and 15 million people have died of COVID so far. Fairly easily. That might even be a conservative range at this point. And more than that will die in the next six months. Easily. Birth rates are going to continue to fall. Life expectancy in America is already down 2.2 years in the last year alone for men. I predict to you by the time COVID is quote-unquote over that there is a very real chance that the life expectancy of an American male falls under the age of retirement. I understand how profound of a statement that is, but we're already circling the 70s. 
The 70s are already, for an American male, starting to be off-limits. We're getting into the 60s already, so we only have to get down five more years. Now, every year you get down is harder than the year before it, but trust me, if anybody can do it, it's the fast-food-eating, carcinogenic-having, non-exercising, doing-my-part, exercising without a goddamn mask in closed spaces, refusing to actually consider the goddamn science, never-has-a-goddamn-glass-of-water-American. If anyone can actually beat the Russian male life expectancy during the age of COVID, it's us. I believe in us. USA, number one, number one, number one. We can do it. Don't you believe it? I do. I believe in us. A lot of people wrote us out the game, said America's a has-been. America's never going to be number one again. I believe in us. I believe we are going to be the number one in low life expectancy for, for, Amer for men in particular in the exact same way we are for infant mortality, in the exact same way we are for homelessness, in the exact same way that we are for wealth uh, discrepancy, disparity. Disparity is what I meant. <laughs> I believe in us. Won't you cheer us on? July 4th, when you see those fireworks go off, won't you cry? Won't you salute? Won't you think of that eagle and its hawk-like scream? Won't you think of the aircraft carriers? Won't you think of the drones? Won't you think of Afghanistan and us leaving after 20 years, doing nothing, the Taliban literally having to slow down its advances to not engage with NATO and U.S. troops? <laughs> Won't you think about all of the good that America did? All the good America's going to do. And join me in saying that July 4th is going to be a goddamn event to remember for this country. <laughs>